0: Today's video was brought to you by storyboardthat.com. Please visit teachercast.net slash storyboardthat for a limited time offer.
1: Tonight's topic is creating learning spaces for the 21st century. We have a very special guest tonight with us. His name is Dwight Carter. You're going to learn a lot about him tonight. The Principal Cast podcast, as you know, is a weekly roundtable discussion about current topics in education leadership. For more information, please visit our website at www.principalcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, at PrincipalCast, and as always, you can follow the hashtag, Principal cast. Both our audio and video feeds are on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe today. Tonight's topic, creating learning spaces for the 21st century, is brought to you by StoryboardThat.com. StoryboardThat is the world's best online storyboard creator. You can enjoy 25% off purchase today at StoryboardThat.com slash TeacherCast. Once again, that's StoryboardThat.com slash TeacherCast. Before we go into our main topic... We'd like to introduce our special guest, Dwight Carter. He is principal – actually, I believe it's starting tomorrow – of New Albany High School outside of Columbus, Ohio. Um, You would also know him as the principal of Ghana Jefferson Public School District, uh, where he was there for 20 years. So just want to welcome you to the show, Dwight. How are you? I'm great, Dwight. Thanks. How are you doing? We're doing excellent. Um, also, want to, um, you know, Dwight. I don't know if you remember your first year as being principal, mm-hmm. but um, Teresa, our awesome co-host here tonight, with also with yellow shirt. Do you know that in her first year of principal, she decided that she wanted to do the Principal Cast podcast, which was the weekly show, um, and she just finished up her first year as a principal.
2: Oh, wow. Congratulations, Theresa. Thank you. It's yeah, a happy you t- day. <laughs> you, you, you jumped right in, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Both feet. Man. <laughs> the only way to go.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so hard Therese, to go home. Yeah, exactly. And we always ask, you know, how was your week and stuff? But I'm going to switch it up a little bit. So, how was your first year? <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, my secretary and I were actually talking about this on, uh, on Friday, the last day of school. We were. Getting ready for, uh, sorry, we're having camera issues today. We are not, I'm, I am. <laughs> uh, we were talking about it as the elementary kids were getting ready, or the younger elementary kids were getting ready for awards. And uh, and it, it. if I were to go back and do month by month and, and went back and just talked about all the things that happened, I don't even know that I could remember them all. But it... Ended up being great. I wouldn't change anything. Um, I mean, nothing that I could control, at least. So I'm, I'm thrilled, and it, and it's a great feeling to have a year under your belt, mm-hmm. and so now I can go in and organize for next year and start. You know, I came into kind of a mess, as as a lot of new principals do. So now, you know, we can get in and get started and and uh, organize everything as we like it. So thanks oh, for gosh. asking.
2: Congratulations!
3: Thank you.
1: So your your year is over, and then I also hear that you were on the House of Ed Tech yesterday. How was that? I
3: was. It was awesome. Mr. Chris Nessy uh, asked me if he could, if I would uh, be on his show, and I was. It was the first time I've ever been a guest on a podcast, so I was pretty excited. <laughs> like, sure, why not? So. Uh, so yeah, so we had a great conversation. He asked some really good questions and I think the show was published this morning, so it should be out already. Um House of Ed Tech is a great podcast, um, whether or not you listen to the one that <laughs> that I'm on or not. It's a great podcast. So uh definitely check it out. And he's got hashtag House of Ed Tech as well.
1: Very cool. Very yeah. cool. So Dwight, it sounds like you've been very busy. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on in your world this week? Yeah,
2: it's been it's been a whirlwind. Um, I ended my uh, career at Gehenna Lincoln High School uh, on Friday uh, the 31st, started New Albany High School on uh, June 2nd. So cleaned out the office over the weekend, um, started first day back, or first day at New Albany, had a great week, met with a lot of uh, administrators, uh, actually had a parent meeting about school dances already. Um, so it's been interesting. And uh on a personal note, I opened up the mail yesterday morning and found out that I will be inducted into the Wittenberg University Athletic Hall of Honor uh, oh, in October. So that was like
3: um,
2: – Yeah, I was – man, I, I couldn't believe it. I went up the steps. I was crying. My wife was like, what happened? What's wrong? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I just gave her the letter and just – I just couldn't believe it. So it's been,
1: it's been a heck of a, heck, heck of
2: a year, a great year.
1: Oh, good for you. Yeah. I'll tell you, we, Teresa, you have to uh, – you have to get – to be friends with Dwight on Facebook because he, I think he posted the picture, or yeah. it was one of the one of the infamous pictures of his uh, <laughs> athletic career. I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you could. T- I mean, he he was he was a beast. That's why he's in the Hall of Fame. Oh, so like,
2: Dwight, shucks. what was your um, what was your sport? Uh, I played football and I ran track, but the Hall of Fame induction is for track um I ran the 110 hurdle high hurdles and the 400
1: intermediate hurdles. I was going to say I think they called him mid hurdle <laughs> for the picture. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> so yeah. it, was, uh, it was it was fun. Um long it's something I just never thought would happen. So to, like I said, just to open up the letter and, and get that news was um it was a pleasant surprise.
3: What a very cool honor. And 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 Another very cool thing for Dwight, that he was just showing us before we uh, before we started here, some pictures of his beautiful baby girl. Yeah. So yeah, big. We,
2: um, yeah, my wife and I, like I said, we we had uh, adopted her last January, January uh, 2013. Yeah. Like I said, we found out three weeks before and just had to cram nine months into three weeks and we had a lot of support from family, uh, my staff. I mean, and, and, and Hannah Lincoln High School came through, threw me a wonderful shower. Um, they just showed us a lot of love and, and support, and um, neighbors have stepped up. So it's been a a huge community affair and community event, um, and I just can't, I can't thank people in my life enough for just embracing um, our process and our journey as parents. It definitely changes the principalship, as I was telling you. It, it, I can't even believe how much uh, just the time it takes um, to be try to be a great parent, also a good principal, and and still stay connected. So I'm I'm struggling I'm still trying to find that balance. So
1: we'll make it work. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and you know what, Teresa, don't let him kid you though. He is no you uh, no stranger to Hall of Fames. If you look on his uh, website, which I encourage everyone to do tonight, dwightcarter.edublogs.org, about, uh, you'll see that he's was inducted into Jocelyn's Renaissance Hall of Fame in 2010. He was one of three in 2013 of the NASSP Digital Principles of the Year. And, and what we're going to be talking a lot about tonight, Clark Hall um, helped his district earn 2012 Best in – Tech by Scholastic Magazine, so wow. I tell you, Dwight, uh, he may go, he may go into the Principal Cast Hall of Fame, we didn't have <laughs> one yet.
3: I think we need to start one.
1: It's eight minutes in, and I, I'm already, I know who I'm going to vote for this year.
3: <laughs> I feel like we need to have one. <laughs>
1: hey, why not? That's right. <laughs>
3: That's right. You can add it to your list of achievements, and if and you we, put that on your we have website, a whole you a great guy to put us. on our,
1: That's right. <laughs> <our> board. <laughs> <laughs>
3: this is a win-win uh, for everybody.
1: It is, it is. You and you an have excited. a good sense of humor, Dwight, and that's what we like to do. Yeah. We laugh a lot on the show, so we actually do. We we do accomplish some things here. Yeah. I listen to time. a couple shows, okay. and you do laugh a lot, so
3: we do. that's all good. <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing to me, you know we talk about this a lot, but it's amazing to me that we can have such great connections with people who have never met in person, so it's a it's a happy <laughs> it's a happy group of people, yeah,
1: it's awesome, For sure all right, well, joy, can you tell us uh you know our topic for tonight is creating learning spaces in the twenty first yeah. century um you know, you told us a little bit about yourself already, and, you know, those of you, uh, those of you out there who follow Dwight on, on Twitter know that, um, you know, all kidding aside, he really, he's a very highly acclaimed uh, principal and has done a lot of good for, for kids and staff and, and, um, and his community. Um, so, Dwight, can you go back a little bit for us and just share with the listeners, uh, how did you become a connected leader? How, how did this happen?
2: Well, when we were uh, in the process of planning Clark Hall, um, we went through, as myself and another principal named Angie Adrian and uh, Kristen Groves, we were sent out to um, Camp, which was a social media boot camp for three days, just to learn social media, Web 2.0 tools, how to better engage uh, learners and community and whatnot. And um, it was completely overwhelming because they shared so much information, it was like Drinking from a fire hose. Um, I mean it really was. it was just it was like overload. It was so much information and then uh, the second day they talked a lot about Twitter and other forms of social media. and I was not a Twitter fan at all. Uh, even though I never used it, all I heard about was the negative use and um, what all the stars were wearing and what they're doing and who they're eating lunch <laughs> with and who they're dating and all that stuff. and I, I just it didn't it didn't resonate with me it had no I guess no connection, no meaning in my life whatsoever. And then uh, that second day, they uh, they did some extensive research and showed a number of educators who were using Twitter. And my mind was blown, um, eyes wide open. I just like, wow, this is crazy. So then I started to lurk. I lurked for about two months, uh, started following Eric Scheninger, Patrick Larkin, George Koros, uh, found Justin Tartt, um, saw Connected Principal's website, um, Who else? It was a number of people. Todd Whitaker was on there at the time. So I started following them, and then I jumped into my first, uh, also Tom Whitby and Shelly Terrell. Can't forget those. Those two. They were phenomenal. Uh, Jumped into my first Ed Chat, and I've been hooked ever since. Um, I was then encouraged to start a blog, so I did that. Um, And then just started using uh, social media to tell our school story. Um, And then other teachers started to use it as well, and it just gained some momentum, and built some capacity with this so it's I'm very happy with how um, Gahanna Lincoln High School embraced it and the teachers and students embraced it um, but yeah that's how that's how it all started. It started from just a boot camp and then tried it took a risk and broke through my fear and apprehension of using social media so it's been a good th- good journey so far.
1: That's awesome. So you were there, you know, like relatively in the early days, because you know a lot of the the folks that you mentioned, you know, really are those those trailblazers, Tom yeah. Whitby and and Eric Scheninger and stuff. So uh, then you know you become connected. You'd gone through the boot camp. Um, so this was all predicated on the notion that you were going to be building Clark Hall. Is that is that how I I get? Yeah, that? yeah. We
2: uh <clears throat> we wanted to design a building that had a, not just a different look, but also a different Thought pattern and different uh, way of approaching learning. So in order to do that, we had to first break through our own barriers to even begin to think about how school can be done differently. So it was almost a byproduct of exploring how to do school differently.
1: I love that quote. I mean, uh, we had to break through our own barriers first before we could, you know, really envision what the what Clark Hall could look like.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and it was a uh, what was crazy is we were trying to get other people to see the vision, their vision, our vision through their own eyes, and that was a challenge because we were talking about something that you couldn't tangibly walk into or visibly see. Um, but it was it was going up, and we had a lot of drawings and conversations around it. But it wasn't until the open house and we had thousands of community members and, and staff and students come through, and it's like, oh, okay, now we get it. So once that happened, it just resonated, it clicked, and then we were able to move forward and talk about what teaching and learning could look like uh, in the twenty first century.
1: Teresa, have you ever seen any pictures of uh Clark Hall?
3: No, I don't think I have.
1: I'll tell you um I'm sure Dwight can give us some and and the viewer some uh some links to take a look at maybe while while we're talking yeah, yeah. it is like. I mean, it's like jaw-dropping. Just the, the color schemes and that, you know, hopefully, you know, you know, he'll he'll go through and explain all this. But, um, you know, this this is going to be, I think, a mind-blowing thing. At least I'm interested in this kind of stuff. Yeah. If you go to SlideShare
2: um, and search my name, there's a couple presentations on Clark Hall. So you'll see uh, a presentation about uh, creative learning environments, and there's like. I think 75 to 80 different slides of what Clark Hall looks like. Uh, it does not look like a school whatsoever, and that's the beauty of it. Um, but again, what the environment impacted the way we approached teaching and learning, and then the way we approached also impacted the environment. That is I really cool. check that out. And if you go to uh, uh, Gahanna Jefferson Public Schools or GahannaSchools.org. Um, and click on the link Clark Hall, it'll, you'll be able to see some pictures and some more information about that.
1: And if I remember we talked uh, before, Dwight, um, you were right across the street. So even when you built Clark Hall, you couldn't even get yourself an office over there. You had to stay at, at the other building.
2: Uh, one of the things that, that we stress, so that's a good question, is uh, we didn't want to place a principal over there full time because then I'll, then you have a second high school. And the community was not supportive, nor did we want a second high school. We wanted to add to our campus, but not um, divide it so because I have a team I had a team of um a number of assistant principals we each of us had a day of the week we were over there like uh prior to this year um I was there on Monday, somebody else was on Tuesday and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so we maintained connection to main campus, but also uh, visibility at Clark Hall And that way um we can try to maintain we tried to maintain one high school, one vision, um, same philosophy across the board, uh, which was still a challenge because you had two different schedules, basically two different two different philosophies. Um, but kids were going back and forth, and some of our teachers went back and forth from main campus to Clark.
1: So it was a very unique problem tunity yeah, <laughs> problem too. <laughs> I like that. That's sort of like your yeah. staffulty uh, that, that you yeah know, take the words and mash them up.
2: Yeah, that's that's David Langford. He came up with that word, problem problemtunity. Um, when you have a problem, also opportunity, and you gotta look at it that way.
1: So, what do people say when they cause? I know that there's been a lot of people that have come visit you, yeah. or, you know, they they take a look at, you know, they want to build new learning spaces, and, and Clark Hall has become one of those destination points. I believe that, like, you know, Eric Scheninger's been there, George Kouros, I know that they've talked about it. Yeah. What, what do people think when they get there? Because I guess the concept of, of high school is very uh, set in our, in our way, you know, in our thinking, right. Um, right. and you take a, a building like Clark Hall, and it just takes all that and just throws it right out of the window.
2: Yeah, there's typically two responses. The first one is, wow, this is awesome, and the second one is, we can never do that. Wow, okay. Um, so there are a lot of questions on just how do you even get to this point, point? and uh, I think people are intrigued by the design, but they're also somewhat afraid of it because there, um, there's a great deal of trust and freedom that we give to the students, or that we gave to the students, and then um, they have to demonstrate the responsibility to keep that freedom and, and to earn that trust as well. Um, but they love the design. They they ask they constantly ask questions about the schedule, um, uh, grades, attendance, and discipline. Those are the I guess those are the most quantifiable ways to measure success of schools. So people always revert to, are test scores improvement or they have they decrease? Mm-hmm. How are students attendance? Are they getting the class on time? What's the discipline like? Because those are typically things that, like I said, we can easily talk about and show data uh, in for for or against. Um, so once we talk about that and break through it, they then start to are they they're then able to see the possibilities of what could happen at their school. Because um, you don't have to you don't have to build a new structure to have a Clark Hall design. You can just change a few classrooms, uh, watch for students sit in the hallways, uh, watch for students hang out in the lobby, and then create some soft seating areas. Um, in a library look at how you can redesign a library to meet today's learner and meet the needs of today's uh today's teachers
1: uh, i'm i'm right there with you we have a had a couple of questions so far from the uh from the chat room uh first from melissa she asks, like how do you – or how do students help share your school's me- uh, message well
2: students are actively involved or actively involved on Twitter and Instagram, uh, so they constantly shared messages about our school. And I, my message to our students is we they are walking billboards of our school. How people outside of our outside of the school community view viewed Lincoln High School was based on how they presented themselves. So because it was Clark Hall was built on the busiest intersection in, in the community, um, they were constantly uh, cars were constantly seeing them walking walk to and from Clark Hall. Um, so how they behaved was, was the, the vision and the reputation they created for for the school. Um, but students, uh, we have a number of teachers at Clark who were blogging. Um, their students were blogging about the learning experiences, and then they were sharing those via Twitter as well. So they use social media quite a bit to share the story of uh, Lincoln High School.
1: And. Um... Tia Hendrickson uh says that, you know, she loves your digital playground that you did with the amin. And um, you know, she had done some similar things uh nice. after reading about your your initiative. Yeah. And uh Jared Phillips, um he he said that he actually read first about Clark Hall in Eric Scheninger's book. Um so he went to Google Pictures afterwards, uh and he said he'd love to see this in person. I guess it yeah. was just uh <laughs> Uh, we can set that up. Uh, if you, seriously,
2: if you contact the school, uh, Gahanna Lincoln High School, uh, 614-478-5500, they'll be happy to set up a tour. Uh, we Like I said, we had a number of people uh, tour Clark Hall. The coolest tour I gave was a, with a guy from uh, Switzerland. Um, oh. I did a I did a um, a Skype tour with him. It was about 45 minutes to an hour, and this was as a result of an uh, ed camp, ed camp uh, Columbus, we had a Clark Hall, and he happened to be uh, to be there. And then the next day, or that Monday, following Monday, we did a 45-minute to an hour Skype tour. He talked to some kids, and uh, he was just blown away by um,
1: not only what he saw, but what he heard from the students. So you've done Skype tours, and you've done in-person tours. Yeah. And a- as a principal. Um, you know how did how did you balance that? You know, the, I'm sure that you know, especially, you know, um, I'm not really sure if it was weekly, monthly, but you know, there's there's quite a lot of activity and a lot of discussion about uh, Clark yeah. Hall. Uh, how did that impact you? Um, you know, in your day-to-day.
2: Um, we had just I just had to make time for it, and I tried to accommodate the people who wanted to come. So I made it a point where um, I set up the tours primarily on the time in which I was at Clark Hall or if I had a my Dana curriculum she happened to be there then we would have have her over there as well. But I wanted to make sure I also notified the teachers to say you're gonna have visitors come through and it got to the point where it was just it was second nature. Um and but that was an important part of the job. Uh the principal the role of the principal now is the chief storyteller. I think that's what George says and I think Eric Sinniger says the same thing. So one of the ways in which you can tell those stories is to invite people in and then make yourself available to answer questions and share the vision of the school and then make time for them to talk to students. And I think that was key Um, because sometimes if the students are in the common areas, we would take the visitors there and say, ask them anything you want. And they would always say the same thing. How do you like it? Oh, we love it. Why do you love it? Because we have so much freedom. They treat us like young adults. feel like I can get my work done. I can focus on learning and not so much on getting to the next class or um, rushing to get through a a shortened period. So the kids pretty much told the story of Clark Hall, and I was just able to, you know, nod my head and two thumbs up and move on to the next classroom or the next spot in the building.
1: That's awesome. So, um, Dwight, what would you say to somebody who's looking to, uh, you know, create a a 21st century learning space? And, and, you know, we could... uh, Attack this from a couple different angles, but you know whether it's their classroom whether it's their office whether it's their school or a wing uh, district you know what are some of the suggestions that that you give uh, folks
2: that's a great question. I would say uh, do a Google search for pictures of what Google headquarters look like hmm um, that just gives you a visual of What some spaces could look like Uh, if there's um, universities that are near you, visit their student union, especially if they've been remodeled or redone, because student unions are now very collaborative, uh, invoke a lot of creativity with natural light, bright colors, wide hallways, soft seating areas, but also visit what elementary schools used to be. I mean, carpet squares, blotches of color all over the walls, artwork hanging up. Um, it just ev- just evoked creativity and excitement about school. And somewhere down the line, I don't know where this started, but the, the higher you go up in school, the more bark and basement beige and bland it starts to look. I don't know why that is. But um, we forget about the importance of color in schools after, like, elementary school. Um, so I, I constantly tell people to just rethink about what it was like when you were in elementary school. And then, like I said, Google um, – do some Google searches on creative learning spaces um, and just think what would you, how, what is the most comfortable environment you've ever been in and try to create that same area. Um, one of the things that we incorporated at Clark Hall, uh, Mark White was the superintendent at the time. He's a former high, principal of Lincoln High School. He uh, incorporated some Adirondack chairs and some rocking chairs because those evoke comfort. Um, so just thinking outside the box on how to Provide something like that in your classroom, I think will make a world of difference. Uh, we also used exercise balls um, as some seating areas, and also um, some uh, what do you call them? Ottomans on wheels. Mm-hmm. By the way, <laughs> watch what the kids do with the ottomans on wheels. They have some <laughs> ot- we have some ottoman races in the hallway sometimes, <laughs> so we had to we had to you know rein that back in a little bit.
1: That's that is really cool. Yeah, but a couple books
2: one two books I would definitely recommend they really got us going uh it was a whole new mind by Daniel Pink but he talked about uh, the the importance of design and play in the in a, in a, in a working environment but he also um also on the second book is um uh, today's Digital generation by uh, Frank Kelly, Ian Jukes and uh, McCann they they provide like 13 to 14 different models of what high school could look like. Some are so far out there, others are actually being done now. But it, it does uh provide uh, a framework for schools to just go through the redesign and, and rethinking process of how to take their current space and change it uh, to meet today's needs, today's learners.
1: So Tell us a little bit more about that. Like when you when you read uh you know, say for instance Daniel Pink's uh, it was you said it was a whole new mind? Yes. Yeah. Um no, I, I've never read that and you know, I know uh you know a lot of people are looking for, you know, summer reading suggestions and I, I thought this would be, you know, a good topic going into the summer, uh yeah. because I think it's a time where you know, principals really are starting to look at different things. You know, yeah. for the you know for the next year, you have your budget and everything. So, what like for instance, what did reading uh, Daniel Pink's book do to impact uh, a learning space in, in education? A that's very a great, traditional, you know, yeah. traditional like you said uh, uh, atmosphere.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a great question, Spike. Uh, what Pink's book did for us as a school community, and we had a number of people that read the book, and Mark again, Mark White, he introduced it to the staff, um, and then each of us read it at our own time, but we had some informal books, this, book discussions about it. But there's like six different themes that um, Pink talks about in that book. I can't remember them all, but in s- just summarizing it, um, the 20th century focused on the left brain, the, the analytical, um, logical thinker, uh, as you look at the transition of the economy and the change of the economy, uh, the focus has been and continues to be the right brain thinker, the person who is a, a creative problem solver, a great communicator who's creative, um, but but can think critically and um, needs to break through and almost prototype different ideas. And design is one of those things that's crucial uh, in the 21st century. So what what… Well, what that book did is it, it, it helped us to think differently about how we can look at a school that, that we have to, school that kids have to attend. Um, how can we make school much more engaging, much more relevant, much more rigorous by focusing not just on the left brain analytical, but the right brain creative um, um, and free thinking in a sense? Hmm. Uh, so it, it it does challenge the notion of a traditional school day of. Eight to nine periods, um, 45 to 47 minutes, uh, same passing time. Everybody eat lunch at the same time in the same place. Um, school has to happen between the, the, the first bell and the last bell. Well, learning is 24-7, 365. Why does it have to happen in a classroom? Why can't it happen in a school environment, period? And could that environment exist in the evening? Could it exist on the weekends? Could it exist on the screen? So that then pushed us to look at blended learning and how we can uh, deliver content in a much more engaging way where students can have a little bit more freedom um, in expressing how they wanted to demonstrate their learning. So it just, it, it really, if nothing else, it challenged me as a leader to think differently. And um, one, thing I, one of the things I learned is, you know, a leader can have all the ideas in, in the world, but if he can't, he or she can't communicate that or articulate it or get other people to see it. It was just ideas. And so this was not an easy journey at all.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: yeah, It was not an easy journey at all, but we had some phenomenal teachers that um, were already thinking along those lines. And we, with, with the help of Mark, uh, Greg Morris, the superintendent as well, we were able to provide some type of framework um, to allow teachers to pilot some changes over – and this was – and and don't get me wrong, this didn't happen over a one or two year period. This was truly a 15 year process that just happened to come to fruition when Clark Hall was, was built. But it, it took us quite a bit of time to get there. Um, but one of the keys is that we had consistent leadership in the district for that, that period of time.
1: So... Okay, so then let's go back to 15 years ago. What was it? Was it an enrollment situation is what, what yeah, uh, um, that impacted this?
2: Good question. Enrollment consistently increased. Um, we hit the tipping point in 2010 when a uh, high school, facilities commission, Ohio school Facil- facilities commission came in and they did an audit and found that Lincoln High School was 71,000 square feet short of uh, beyond capacity. So we had to think about how to fit all of the students who were in trailers and um, in, the, in the back of the building and some other um, uh, alternative settings that we had. <clears throat> how can we bring all of our students back under one umbrella of Lincoln High School and meet the needs of, of today's learner? Okay. So the space need – the space need was huge, which then forced, the, forced us to, to change, but instead of building another large traditional high school – uh, Mark had the vision to think differently. Uh, we had a great treasurer and a uh, uh, superintendent at the time that uh, gave us the freedom to to try something new and unique and uh, we just had to convince everybody that it was the right thing to do at the right time. <clears throat> Wow. Okay, so yeah, I mean, isn't it crazy? What a
3: huge undertaking.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, it was nuts. I'm just <laughs> I mean, it, it was nuts. Uh, the first four years, um, and, and just let me just paint the picture. Um, this was right as the economy turned. So right. um, our budget was being cut. We were cutting positions as well. Uh, staff was asked to take furlough days, pay freezes, but yet we're building a a large building across the street, and we're buying property. We bought we bought uh, 6.5 acres across the street in the old Kroger building. So all this is happening, and by chance, and it, it, this was not planned, but by chance, the day that we went on the ballot for the levy is the day they started the construction project. So it was not great timing at all. Mm. So we had a failed levy um, the first time, and we had to continue. we continuing with the project. But uh, Clark Hall was not built from levy or bond money. It was built from savings, and um, we had, you know, great credit with the um, with the district had great credit, so we were able to still secure a loan, uh, low rates, Um, and in the process, um, the Hannah Jefferson Public Schools then became basically a landlord in the sense because on the first floor of Clark Hall is is leased out to. A career Center and leased out to a community school, community college, excuse me. But the original design was that the first floor is going to be retail space, and then we lease out those spaces, and the revenue from those spaces would then help pay for the building. Okay. But when we did that, uh, the the community sc- or community um, school, community college that was a part of our campus anyway, saw it, they said, hey, we want in, and then the career center said, hey, we want in as well, um, and then within a year uh we built a 9000 square foot building and a 14000 square, bit, square foot building on the property that a, a land developer um bought and he and leased out the the land to him or to them and then the 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 revenues from that then helps pay for the workers of Clark Hall so it's a very unique economic plan um that truly i had nothing to do with <laughs> that was <the> super <laughs> That was the superintendent and the treasurer. My role was to develop programming and professional development <clears throat> and to market um, Clark Hall to community and, and to, uh, students.
1: And I'm sure that's where social media and connecting with uh, your PLN you know, really yeah. came into play because they – I guess he didn't want just the, the regular old professional development because if you're going to do that, then you're going to get the regular old education, and yeah. that's not what they were looking for.
2: Not at all, and uh, we gave teachers the freedom to, to choose if they wanted to go to Clark Hall or not. Um, I just put out a, a more of a cattle call and said, hey, if you're interested in teaching at Clark Hall, come talk to me. Um, share your vision with me, and, and let's have a conversation. And we had 43 teachers step up um, who were already doing some great things. The space just enhanced what they were doing in the classroom already.
1: I'll tell you, it is difficult, I know um... – firsthand, and, and, you know, I, I, I go through this a lot. I'm, I'm in a building that's was built in 1929, mm-hmm. you know, and I see the great things that are going on in places like Clark Hall and some of the other, you know, redesign uh, schools that are out there, and, you know, I think you had mentioned something about paint color. Um, yeah. You know, our district has a philosophy that, you know, all all hallways and classrooms have to be painted with Tuscan white, yeah. Yeah. you know, and... Um, it's interesting because um, as I've gotten into this and trying just to help – it does reflect in, on, on teachers, though, because um, right now we, we switched uh, probably about 70 percent of our staff in, in my elementary school. So they're either moving rooms or they're moving grade levels, and as they're going through stuff, they're just finding so much stuff that they accumulated – yeah and people are, they're, they're, it's it's like it's actually like a really good thing for our school because they're they're getting rid of this stuff that yeah. they didn't know why they they had yeah. um, and then with that there's these discussions that are happening with each other on the learning space of the classroom yeah. why Why does it have to look like this? Why do right. we have to have those tables? Why do we have to have this color and right. I think it's really great question i think those those are great questions um, right. I almost feel like i I need to get an interior designer. Yeah, that would just love to like do like a makeover to my school or at least yeah. give us some suggestion because I don't really know what colors are uh, yeah. y- y- you know right? Cause, so, and, but I don't want to do it just to do it you know what I mean I want it to right. be thoughtful.
2: We had a great team we worked with uh, Bird How Collaborative the architects and we also worked with uh, Continental Furniture who they have some designers and they were just absolutely phenomenal so they're I mean they're there are a number of resources. Um, I know a lot of teachers are, are looking to Pinterest now for classroom design ideas. Um, I'm a huge HGTV fan, so <laughs> uh, by all means, I, I encourage everybody to watch watch HGTV and just look for some unique ideas. But also, like I said, jump on Pinterest and just re- you know search classroom design and I'm sure you get a, hundred, a couple hundred ideas easily.
1: Um, and and I'm sure you get this a lot uh dwight, but uh, herb uh, who's on uh, listening tonight, says that you've definitely influenced others. Uh, he recommend the check out um i guess it's uh the Twitter oh, okay.
2: yeah the Hilliard uh city School District innovative learning community, which is oh. a phenomenal that's a phenomenal building um i mean they they visited Clark Hall probably four or five different times really. Yeah, and what they did was this is unique. They um, they basically moved their central office to another part of the district, and they gutted the central office facility and redesigned it to meet, like I said, look very much like a modern office building slash student union, and they called it the uh, Innovative Learning Center. And they have three different high schools in their district, and the high schools uh, bus students to the Innovative Learning Center, called the ILC. Uh, they have their own principal. They have a director of innovation, and they have the staff there that push students and think creatively. And they do some really cool things with flexible learning spaces and blended learning. And they have just, it, it's just they took Clark Hall and made it fit their district's vision.
1: That's awesome.
2: Yeah. So it's um, I mean, it it it's we in Gehanna were very um impressed and honored. What, uh, by what Hilliard has done, but they've also they also pushed Gehanna to think differently about <laughs> what's the next step for Clark Hall. Sure. Um, because with all the changes, we I mean, I would I would honestly say my last year uh, when I was in Gehenna, uh thinking I stalled a little bit on where, what the next step was for Clark Hall um, because it was just we had so many other issues coming up and mandates that we had to focus on this, the tyranny of the urgent. And get away from the forward thinking and vision of, okay, where are we going with this? Um, And I'll make sure I'll never make that mistake again.
1: Yeah. 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 And then things become very operationalized, you know. Yes. It
2: it became much more, um, started managing and and not leading and vision casting as, uh, let's say, the first four or five years um, as principal there.
1: So before we get into our next segment, I just wanted to ask you. So you're transitioning to a new district. Uh, you started on, um, uh, and that's in New Albany, um, not not too far away. Um right. Are you looking to do some similar type things as you did at, uh, you know, for Clark Hall?
2: Yeah, New Albany is an absolutely beautiful campus. I mean, it's uh, um, Georgia and Virginia. Excuse me. It's a uh, uh, it looks like the University of Virginia. I mean it's absolutely beautiful. It's a, it's a small campus. Uh, there are nine different buildings. Uh, there's one high school, one middle school, uh, a 2-5 elementary and a K-1 elementary building. Um, all those buildings are on the same campus. Um, they have some unique learning spaces. Their library is just, it is an absolutely showstopper place. Um, needs to do some, some updating to, like I said, to, to meet today's learners. Um, but I, when I was there this week or this past week, um, the director of operations, uh, Michael Sawyer, uh, he is uh, he informed me that they're transitioning, transforming one of the conference rooms in there called the Jefferson Room and putting some soft seating and some unique modular seating in, the, in that room. There's a subway that's coming in that'll be a part of now the cafeteria. And then there's some... Um, outdoor furniture that's going to go into courtyards surrounding the Jefferson Hall or Jefferson Room. So uh, New Albany is now transitioning to some unique learning uh, spaces and they did the same thing with the cafeteria last year. So um, I think the 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 time is ripe, the opportunity is there and the vision is there to start transitioning some of the traditional learning spaces to look more uh, like a college campus, college union, student union. So it's a it's a unique opportunity for me. That's for sure.
1: That's great. Well, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Um, Teresa, did you have anything else from the?
3: No, I'm just no nothing else from the chat. And I'm personally just trying to absorb all of this. This is just it's so it's very very cool. There's just a lot of really cool stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it's neat. Craig Yen did uh, did post. Erin Klein's Pinterest page on Classroom Design. So I sent that link out on the okay. Twitter. Um, but it's it's very cool. I was looking at it just now. So there's like psychologies of colors and and uh you know different creating unique learning environments, writing stations, etc. So, you yeah. know, hopefully that is a good place for people to start.
1: Yeah. Is that something that you, that you think about now that you've gotten through a year, Teresa is like the space that, that you're in?
3: Yeah, I you know, I feel like with our building, we are in that old, um, you know, I have a, a parochial school. So the first, the one building was built in 1929 and the other one was built in 1961. So the buildings themselves are just are just old. So it's a matter of how we are, you know, decorating and, and changing the spaces. We don't have the old desks. There are tables in the rooms. And, you know, the teachers are really good with re organizing and setting things up to make it more um, up to date
1: mm-hmm.
3: but yeah you know painting the walls and just the the hallway is really nice our hallway the principal before me did a really great job on the hallways but the classrooms could definitely use some work so that's in my
1: in my list of What's wishes to do well I you know I Highly recommend. I don't know if, if you've come across this, Dwight. Um, I've mentioned on the show before, but how to walk to school. Um, I think that's a really good book about you know a, a transformation um, that you, you know when you start getting parents involved. And yeah. you start, um You know, having them you know create some of those those opportunities so you're you know you're talking about murals and and raising funds to you know if the district and and it's fine and that's sort of where i'm operating you know if the district has a certain philosophy you know and they're not going to finance these things then you know perhaps you get the parents involved and right. you do like a you know a beautification process and they and they took a very old building in chicago and they just you know completely changed the way that things are done thereby right. then changing the whole learning atmosphere right. and You know the list goes on. Just like you saw, you know the all that starts to change when you all you have to do is add, add, you know, some color and some different philosophy, and and things can take off.
2: Yeah, and then uh, what was cool about um, Lincoln High School's experience is that our 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 librarian, Ann Gleek, she's a, I mean, she's just phenomenal, phenomenal educator. She reallocated her funds in the library and just did a complete remake, redo. So she um, she took out like eight stacks of books that hadn't been checked out in almost ten years, um, but we just kept ordering the same books over and over again. So she said, "Let's let's just get rid of those books, um, farm the, the shelves out to other schools in the in the district." Um, she bought some you, bought some unique furniture, soft seating areas. Um, we hired a painter to come in and just re- really uh, brighten up the space and move more towards a more of a Starbucks Panera slash student mm-hmm. union you know, that became a much more social environment, and the the circulation increased almost tenfold in, the, in a two-year period. Wow! Um, so it's uh, she took the paper off the windows, opened it up, and the kids absolutely love the space. And then they're before school, they're after school, um, study hall, they're they're going to the, the library to to again just to learn in a unique environment and socialize um, through learning since learning is a social, social event. Um, then one of my art teachers, Sarah Fairchild, um, former art teachers, I should say. I keep saying we, sorry. a She got a grant from, our, uh, from the foundation there and um, worked with some just regular general students, uh, intro to visual art students who created some large murals um, in one of the largest hallways in, in the building. And that really spruced up the space. And the connection was the colors that we used at Clark Hall were the colors she used on the murals, and then the colors in the mural were the colors that we used in the library. And then she, uh, our cafeteria uh, head of our cafeteria, she, her and her husband came in and repainted the entire cafeteria over the summer using the same colors. And then Sarah, the art teacher, used a used one of the largest walls and created this wonderful mural uh, that if you if you go to the slideshare uh, link um that I just posted. It's called yep. digitally creative learning environments. If you go to that, you'll see the pictures of the cafeteria, the library, and the murals in the hallways. Um and it just brings the two wow all the buildings together um to just to add that, that pop of color and that that um, just add some life to the space.
1: So Teresa I'm picturing like when he does these these uh you know presentations at NASSP and stuff like most people are probably just like this, like <laughs> right, like that's right now, like like mouth ape, like yeah, yeah, you know, because like you said, you know, we've talked about this before. Most of us work in very, very traditional, uh, if not whatever would be before traditional, you know, at- atmospheres. Yet we are now connecting with each other with. Yeah. You know, a, a laptop, a microphone, and some cameras. We know how to learn 24 hours, you know, seven days a week. The whole thing, we've we become so connected. And I feel like this is the one area where, you know, we continue to um, either, one, you know, just not know how to move our districts forward right. or, or how to, to get it done. And, and when we see trailblazers like yourself that have um, worked at, in, in a collaborative, because I know that you're not going to take all the credit.
2: Well, I, yeah, there's no way I can. It's been it was a huge team effort,
1: and and with that, you know, I think it's just inspiring for us because you know for you know for all said, you know, schools and learning are social and they're not going anywhere in that sense. And and let's you know let's start to make those you know those opportunities you know come alive. Um, it's a shame though because I know like in New Jersey, like we've really I mean, just school buildings that have been approved by the state because they have to get approved by the state no matter what the funding is have drastically, drastically decreased in the last 10 or 15 years. Yeah. You know, um,
3: it's so tough.
1: It's tough. So tough. Well, what's interesting is uh, most school facility
2: commissions um, have one way of thinking about school, and it's typically the way it's always been. So to do something out of outside the box, it challenges the thinking, it challenges policies and challenges procedures. Um, And then uh, there's, you know, they're always asking for data to support a drastic change. And it's like, what data do you really need other than 60 or 70 years of brain research? um, (laughs) You know, uh, (laughs) looking at universities and how they're thinking, looking at partnership for 21st century skills, and saying, okay, here's what here are the skills, the four Cs the kids need. and, but you got to think in design, think about design differently. But also look at how the modern offices is the modern office space is used today. Most of them are tearing down the walls, creating open spaces, and saying, "Hey, come on, let's let's talk, let's share ideas."
1: Mm-hmm.
2: There they're, um the departments that used to be in isolation are now working together. Um, so that's where the office, the modern office space is looking, and the modern workplace is looking. But schools are still stuck in the way it's always been, because what I what I find find interesting is that our greatest barrier to true school reform is our memory. By that I mean it worked for me when I was in school, it worked for my parents when they were in school, it worked for my grandparents when they were in school, were in school why can't it work for our kids? Uh, and we're one of the only professions where everybody who graduated from school think they know how to run a school right? <laughs> and, and, that's, and design a school, and that's not true. It's just not true at all. Um so we have to we have to use our collective voice and and force the change that needs to happen um for us for our students.
1: Awesome. All right, well Dwight, I'm telling you we probably could go on another another hour with this. This is this is great stuff, but uh we're going to transition into a little thing we like to call word association. Our friends in uh Wisconsin they seem to play it a lot differently than, than the rest of us do. Oh, but okay. I see it going on Yeah, now. you know, Jessica <laughs> you know, some of the other hosts. You can't hosts
3: look at the doc, though. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going you're to ruin the game. So don't look at the
1: doc. Don't look at the doc, yeah. You can't look at it. Okay. Um, so basically what we'll do is we're just going to say a word to you, and then you're going to respond, or it could be a phrase. And all you have to do is respond in one word. Now, okay. we've we've had lots of varying... You know responses here. Eric Schindler, when we played it. He he did a lot of grunting and yeah, moaning. He did a lot and lot of <laughs> our Wisconsin
3: group, including our wonderful co-host uh, Jessica Johnson, uses sentences and sometimes yeah. <laughs> paragraphs. We're looking for one, one word.
1: Just one word. One word. It's so hard. So we're, we're gonna see how how you do. And,
3: and you know, Spike, it was funny because when I was on the House of EdTech yesterday, Chris Nessie dropped word association on me.
1: Oh, it's not and easy. I, it's
3: not easy. And I asked him if I could use the Wisconsin rules or if I had to use the rest <laughs> of the U.S. rules. And he said the rest of the U.S. rules, and I was not happy because uh, their rules are way easier. So way easier. <laughs> <laughs> so just a heads up.
1: All right. Well, the first uh, word association coming up, Mr. Carter, um, faith. God. Twitter Spike Cook uh, see he's already doing the uh, two words unless he did the underscore
3: <laughs> <laughs> With a name i think you can have two
1: Yeah all right um, innovation needed Okay
3: what About leadership service Hmm common core <laughs> See there you guys go with those grunts again. No <laughs> That's a fair one.
1: <laughs> that's the same one that Eric grunted at too. Man Mandate. I'll put that way. How's that one? Okay. What was it? Say it again, Man, wait. Mandate. Oh, oh very good. Well played. Uh Todd Whitaker. Genius.
3: <laughs> Eric Sheninger. Trailblazer. Ah, oh, you're good at this game,
1: yeah, he is good. He's good. all right uh, wow. Tusk <laughs> my superintendent's gonna love me after this one. Um, <laughs> Tuscan white paint
2: Shawshank Redemption <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: please quote that. <laughs> 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 Go ahead, Teresa. You do (laughs) last.
3: Best word association response ever. Ever. (laughs) Ever.
1: Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame.
3: Hall of Fame, baby. Just another reason reason why we have to start this for you. Oh, my gosh. All right. And the last one is
2: Google. Now.
1: Mm. I liked how he started that whole thing off today, Teresa, with you want to learn about. Learning spaces. Go check out Google. Yeah, love it. Love so it.
3: So true. It. So true. Okay.
1: So um, each week we do uh, principles to follow on Twitter, and um, this is a very helpful um, way for us to get our professional learning network connected with each other. Um, so we're we're really enjoying this. Um, my principle to follow tonight, of course, is our guest. At Dwight Carter, I think I've even used him before. I think uh, so. He, he, but that's okay when he's he on. He's mentioned
3: twice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, we really do push ourselves, Dwight, to to mention uh, other uh, other people, but you're you're gonna uh, a second mention here. So he is at Dwight underscore Carter, um, and you can check out his website as I mentioned before. Um, is Dwight Carter He has some awesome, awesome uh, posts. He is uh, very accessible and would love to connect with you um, if you get in touch with him.
2: Yes. Thanks, Mike, Teresa, Jeff. Really appreciate uh, just being on the show. It's been Um, fun.
3: Thank Um, you. It's been uh, wonderful having you. Just so so much information. I can't wait to – this is one of those shows that I can't wait to listen to. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like I just I couldn't I just couldn't grasp it all. I can't wait.
2: This is wow. great. And congratulations to you for finishing your um, finishing your first year. Thank you very much. That is, that's a huge accomplishment. You survived. I did. Yeah. <laughs> and so I did all of the
3: kids at <laughs> <in> my school. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. this, that's this is a little bit more important. Yeah. Um, my principal to follow this week is Mike Leander, who is uh, he's at m leander l e a n d e r two three at uh, oh sorry for on Twitter uh, he's an elementary school principal in Massachusetts and he uh, his Twitter bio Twitter bio says he uh, is a husband and dad of three beautiful kids tech and readers workshop minded principal and an amazing story reader and I think if you're an elementary school principal being an amazing story reader is a huge huge deal so
1: awesome. definitely
3: follow him he's got a lot of great information uh, good conversations
1: dwight do you have anybody that you'd like to give a shout out to tonight yes
2: actually I do um brent wise he's the principal of hilliard innovative learning center uh young up and coming innovative creative thinker uh i think it's brent uh, excuse me at brent wise uh w i s e
1: he's uh he's he's a he's one to watch for sure that's awesome and uh just in, in case you may have missed it, uh, Dwight did talk about a few things here tonight. Uh, he Here's some other uh, resources. Teaching uh, Today's Digital Generation, No More Cookie Cutter High Schools by Kelly Jukes. Or, uh, yeah, by yeah. Kelly Jukes. And Ian Jukes. Ian Jukes. Ian Jukes, I'm sorry. It's uh, a Frank Kelly and Ian Jukes,
2: and uh, I think
1: it's Ted McCain. McCain, okay, so yes. Kelly Jukes and McCain um, – so check that out. He also mentioned A Whole New Mind by Daniel Pink. Um, he's also talked about Mindset Digital Fast Forward Boot Camp uh, by Deborah Jasper and Betsy Hubbard. And um, he speaks very highly of that. They were the one that helped him to uh, you know, break that mold of what social media and digital learning is like.
2: Yeah. Also, uh, I want to correct. Brent Wise's Twitter handle is... At wise underscore Brent.
1: Oh, okay.
2: At, at wise underscore Brent.
1: Yeah, because I think that other one that you said, it was like an Australian magician or something. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> he might be cool to follow too. That
1: might be cool. No, in fact, it was funny. One time we had somebody on here, and they said – didn't they say something about having the same – a very similar Twitter handle than somebody in Australia or something Wasn't like it
3: that. Brad, uh, Brad Gustafson?
1: Oh yeah, maybe it was Brad Gustafson. Yes, he said something about a uh, having a very similar. I think they had the same name and a similar similar Twitter handle. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, we want to thank our uh, our guest Dwight Carter. Uh, once again, you can find him at Dwight underscore Carter. Um, Make sure to connect with him. Um, we also want to thank our store our our sponsor storyboard that. Uh, remember all our loyal teacher cast followers can enjoy twenty five percent off of any package purchased today at storyboardthat.com dot com slash teachers And you know we are very excited. Um, we've just found out that teacher cast will be covering uh, every day Dwight, tw- at iste uh, teacher cast will be Uh, doing interviews from 9 to 12 uh, of all all the awesome people that are at ISTE this year. Um, So any information you'd like to find out, you can follow uh, TeacherCast at TeacherCast uh, and check out his blogs and resources at TeacherCast.net and his podcast, of course, TeacherCast.tv. Make sure you guys
2: uh, interview the uh, 2014 digital principals, uh, Daisy Dyer uh, Derek McCoy and Jason Markley.
1: Three great people. That's awesome. Wow. Yes. We yeah. will, uh, you know what we do? Daisy, Dyer, we got to get her on here. Yes. Yeah. She yeah. Her. yeah. She's very
2: entertaining, uh, outside the box thinker. She's done some phenomenal things in her school in Arkansas.
1: Yeah. So-
2: transformed that place.
1: She That's really awesome. has.
2: She leads a Arkansas Ed Chat as well. That's right. Yeah. That's all right.
1: All right. Well, uh, Dwight, thanks again. Um, Hang out for a few minutes after we roll the credits. And uh, Teresa, do you got anything else? I don't think so. Spike, send it out. I think that's you.
3: Principal cast out.